This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Reds smashed up the Champions League as we do. Now it's time to get back to the nitty-gritty of the Premier League, and it's a fucking big one. Oh, it's a big one. So to chat about the big one, I've got the big boys. Let's go. It's time for carnage. Ladies and gentlemen, it seems like it's been forever. I've missed you. I doubt if you've missed me. But I'm back. All is well. Carnage is here. Um, and uh, we've got loads to chat about. But I think the main the main thing that we, we need to discuss and talk about is uh, this huge game. And I thought, you know, who best to discuss it with my, some of my best, best mates, um, plus Avi. And um, um, Ross... Thank you very much for coming on, man. I know you you done a preview over on the Red Men earlier, which I managed to get a mm. clip of. I know you've been busy, but nice one, pal. No, no problem. Thanks for thanks for having me again. You've had a bit uh, of a break as well, actually. To be honest with you, yeah. You went well, away, didn't it, you? Yeah, yeah you oh, went yeah, away. Yeah, oh yeah, I went. I only got managed to get to Scotland um, just in time before the petrol crisis. So, oh god. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. And I thought I'd bring bring a proper city fan. Do you know what I mean? Like. Proper from the mean streets of city, uh, none of that Barnsley and all well, that's rubbish. But uh, listen, I've got Big Steve from the Big Six show, my man. How are we? Great, mate. Great, yeah, even better to be on here. Good, Let's man. Talk good man. Game, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> mate, yeah, proper, proper football. Um, Avi, how are we? How doing, listen, yeah. no, no, so look, joke's a joke, all right? I fuck about it and I tell you. Well, you've already dug in twice already, and it's literally huh? been less than two minutes. You no, 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 no. I need to thank you for covering for me while I was away. Absolute yeah, diamond. You're an absolute gem. Thank you. I mean that. And shout out to Conroy as well, who, who helped you, yeah. who carried you. <coughs> I mean, helped you <laughs> in the show. Conroy was brilliant, and you was brilliant. Thank you very much. But listen, before we start off... Um, Got to give a shout out to my uh, amazing sponsors, Elite Me, www. People keep saying I miss out a W, so I'm going to make sure from now on, www.eliteme.com. All your CBD needs, these are the people. I'm not joking. I've mastered the technique. You'll be glad to know of the two drops under your tongue. Steve, Steve, have you tried CBD, mate? No. You know what? You fucking need to try this because you 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 get angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry all the time. You get angry a lot, right? This shit is the real deal. I'm going to send you the details afterwards. You'll even get a 10% discount if you type in LFCDT. So how's that? Don't don't LFC 10. Grizz, Grizz, LFC 10. Don't make a mistake straight away. It's LFC, LFC 10. 10. LFC the big 10. six show would never be the same again if I was mellowed out. No, that's true. But this, but you know, in your spare time when you're with your family and kids, 
Yeah. Like when it's time to be mellow, right? Yeah. Don't always have to be angry. This is the one. I'll g- I'll give you the details. It's it's amazing. It proper I'll try and it, it helps. It helps in all sorts. And it helps in all sorts. I've, I believe you've been trying it as well. You've um, you, my- you swear by it as well. Yeah, I do. I've got, I've got bad knees, um, patellar tendon um, issues, but using the um, balm and the uh, drops like you do but, um, underneath the tongue, it's worked wonders, honestly, like five, six weeks. And I'm doing, I can walk 5K now regularly. I can't jog yet, light jogs, but 5K regularly, um, seven days a week now. So yeah, it has it has made a difference to me. Excellent stuff. So listen, people, um, go check them out. They do other things apart from CBD as well. They do balm, they do all sorts Um they're, they're magnificent. I've, I've, you know, you always hear about this kind of stuff and you think, ah, really? But it's worked wonders for me. I sleep well. I'm much more calmer. It's helped with, it helps with, you know, when you're feeling anxious. And, you know, it helps just before a big game like this because this is one huge game. But before we go into the game, um, Small matter of Champions League. I know, Steve, you don't like talking about Champions League stuff, you know. Um, I don't mind it now. We're getting closer, so... (laughs) Your club doesn't recognise Champions League much, does it? But um, very tough fixture for you in midweek. Um, I think think it was fair to say Pep was kind of forced to play his strongest team up against probably one of the favourites as well. Even though you had Liverpool on the horizon... You couldn't take your eye off the ball, and and so was you happy with the selection and 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 the way you approached it and everything? I was surprised, really, because I, I did expect him to change it. There was a few mm-hmm. players that haven't really played, like Stones and that, who were on the bench. I thought he might change it because for me, um, we had a tough week with Chelsea away, Paris yeah. away, Liverpool away. Now the Paris game was a little bit lesser game for me because they drew their first game in Bruges, we won ours. And I don't think there's any danger that us and Paris are going to get through that group. So I would have been tempted if he needed to play some of these players to play him in that game. Uh, he didn't. Um, we actually played really, really well. And he's not, I couldn't criticise anybody, uh, only Sterling, because I feel at the minute with Sterling that he's not got a role in the team and Pep's trying to force him somewhere. So he's trying to slot him in as a, as a striker and he ain't a striker. I think he's one of the most easiest players in the world to mark when he's in the middle because he just gets knocked all over the place. Um, and Kevin De Bruyne, I don't know if you watched the game, did an outside of the boot quality cross into the box, pinpoint right on his head, six yards out. He hits the bar. And, yeah. and in them level of games... One that was made for Kane, eh? Dare I say it? One that was made for Harry Kane. <laughs> we need a striker because it's all right blowing these smaller teams away, fives, sixes and that. That's great. It's great to watch and we love it. But um, when you come up against the top, top opposition, that's when you need your gunman. That's when you need the man with the key to open the door. And it's very frustrating to see. At Chelsea, we got away with it. We, um, we, we forced it on them and, and we got the goal. Little deflection. Um... But I'm going to back my manager. I've said it. I'll always back the manager and make his decisions. But in my opinion, we don't go as far in that competition without a striker. Avi, did you manage to catch the game in midweek? What do you think? Only only highlights, only highlights, Chris, because obviously the Liverpool game was on at the same time. Same time. 
Sterling one's a um, interesting one. He's used yeah. him as a nine as a nine because Rogers in the twenty fourteen fifteen season used um, Sterling in a nine as well in some games uh, for majority of the system with that wing back system that he implemented. So it's weird that you know Pep's using it as well. I don't think he is a nine, Steve. I think you needed a nine. Um, funny enough, you know the amount that you lot have spent, you still need a striker. I don't think Jesus is the answer in the nine. I think he's been playing off the wing as well. So. It will tell. I know he scored against Chelsea. He scored, you know, a deflection, like you said. But yeah, I didn't catch too much of it. It was just, um, it was just nice to see Messi get off the mark. And you know, surprise, surprise, it was always going to be against City and um, Pep. So you know, I didn't watch too much of it. Grizz just only highlights. But I was more concentrating on, um, you know, the real European, uh, you know, elite, which are Liverpool. Yeah, Ross. Um, we we went we went away to uh, Anfield, Mark two, and. Uh, Done with what we normally do, scored loads of goals. Um, what did you make of our selection? Like City had to go strong. Oh, oh yeah. Now that Steve's explained the way he has, I actually am generally surprised that they went as strong as they did as well now. Like the way Steve's told me that they lost their first game, PSG. Man City strolled their first game, didn't they? And so yes. really, really, yeah, really they're going to go through, right? Both of them clubs. Um was it a similar scenario for us? Did you expect us to make a few? I, I certainly did. Did you think we we're going to make a few changes? And and did you? Was you happy or surprised that we went so strong? Um, well, first day, I totally agree on the Man City thing, but it's such a hard balance in between. You want to play Champions League football, those big stages. The, you know, PSG are a, are a big side with world class players in. You want to go out there and show what you're made of, but also. Man City have one of the toughest weeks in football. It's just a, a, a horrific set of fixtures for them. For us, it's hard because, like you just said, every time we go there, we just seem to snot them all over the place. And like you can't take, you can't be complacent. You can't sit up and go, "Well, we beat them, you know, five one four nil or whatever it was last time." You, you can't turn up. You know, Chelsea contacts our teams work hard. Um, you know, they've, they've proven that. I think. I was surprised we went as, as strong, but also we've got a squad now. We need, we need to use it. I think we also got very fortunate in their goalkeeper, oh, although second second choice awesome. goalkeeper. It was quite nice. Someone else's second choice keeper having a stinker. Yeah, we gave for a change. Like he literally just went. You know, is it the, with the ball, the bullpen? And you just go, yeah, there you go. Just just, just have one of them. Uh, you can walk about <laughs> for, the, for the Bobby goal, but it's 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 helped us in the sense of uh, we've had such a big win. Salas on 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 firing all cylinders. Mane, although it wasn't a very convincing finish, still gets a goal. Bobby then comes off the bench and gets two goals. So you're creating healthy competitiveness going into a, a huge game on Sunday. So, you know, these players have got to work hard and train to prove the point. But you'd like to see young Curtis Jones completely stole the show for me. Um, wasn't really a shock, if I'm being honest. Um, it's just him kind of getting up to speed. But I was really impressed with, with his display. Um, a clean sheet would have been great. But you can't, again, you can't be complacent against these sides. So and I was also quite pleasantly surprised the fact that we conceded so many goals to Brentford. I saw the difference in Salah tracking back against Porto to help out James Milner right back. And that, that for me is you make mistakes, you read the signs, you improve on them and you correct them. I think I think that's what, I think you're right. I think it was a case of Jurgen Klopp saying, because um, look, as footballers, the, the, the when you, when you have a result or when you have a performance, defensive performance like we did at Brentford, the, you want to get out there ASAP, don't you? And wrong the right, uh, right the wrongs. And uh, I think Jurgen Klopp had to sort of, I think the, the instruction was clear. 
Um, I don't give a shit about City now. That's five five days away, Evie. Four five days away. Yeah, oh, yeah. it would have been um, go out and win this game and 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 put in a defensive masterclass. And I think it was quite early, Evie. I, I I texted you and I said we're on this. You could see it from the, the offset, totally opposite of the one against Brentford, where from the offset we were very lethargic. I didn't like the intensity. I didn't like the. The, the desire to get back, as, as Ross says, even for Mo Salah, not singling out just Mo, but a lot of players kind of just... It wasn't a Liverpool-like defensive-type performance. Porto was told different, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think Porto were very poor, though, Grizz, as well. I think, you know, let's not face the fact... Let's face facts like the they were really poor. poor. I think the rest the of the... We made them poor, I think. We made them look poor. Yeah, we did. I mean... There was a player that I, you know, obviously like from Porto, Luis Diaz, who didn't pull up any trumps. Say thought. it properly. Say it properly. Like, you're not on this show to say it like an Englishman, right? You're on this show to come out with a fucking proper pronunciation. So don't go shy now. Fucking say it properly. So, um, yeah, Luis Diaz, who was absolutely, you know, poor. I mean, he had a rare sort of five, six, he big steep. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, you wanted me to is say, it, what do you want me to say? Luis Diaz. That's how you say. It. That's how you. The Diaz. It's not Diaz. It's Diaz. So um, yeah. look, these from my Portugal interpreter who like says these how you translate it. So look, okay, I'll go enough. back to him on Twitter. So now look, we we set off the traps re- really well. I thought we were looking sharper on the Tuesday. You know, we looked really sharp, and I think it must have. You know, they must have had a bit of a bollocking from you know Klopp on Saturday after that result against Brentford. We looked sharper. We looked quicker on the ball. Um, quicker in application, that attitude. And the goal, you know, the goal, which was a great little run from Curtis Jones, keeper again, should have done a little bit better, comes off the defender and Salah, you know, nicks in to make it 1-0. And from there on in, then we had the ascendancy and, you know, we just steamrolled them really. Um, Second half, they had a bit of a patch, you know, when Fabio Vieira came on. But no, I thought we were in, we were, we were in relax, relaxation mode in the second half and, you know, we were picking them off at will. Yeah. Um, Steve Ross was talking about your fixtures and, and the more you think about it right this week, this must be, can you remember uh, a tougher set of fixtures in a week? Like you had Chelsea away, PSG away, Liverpool away. Well, like, what the fuck? Like, is it, I can't think of anything harder right now in world football, probably that's. It was a, it was a strange one. It was like you say, it's, it's thrown up a mad, a mad week. Yeah. Um, and you're just looking at it and thinking, you know what? You just got to get it done. You know what I mean? We've got to get it done. I mean, we started at Chelsea. I went to Stamford Bridge. I was confident um, we could get some it because um, I, I thought we had some injuries. But Pep did his usual trick of telling a few porkies. And um, oh, when yeah. the team was announced, I thought, you yes. know what? We'll get some here. But City fans were confident. Um, like you say, we played well at Chelsea. We pressed them. We got a little bit of revenge for the Champions League final. I know it's not, you know, they won the bigger one, but we've we got to start somewhere. And, um, yeah, I was confident going into the Paris game. And then, like you say, the Paris game, we played really well. We dominated the play. We pressed them. We we, we limited them to very little chances. But then the quality, the quality just takes over. The first goal, we, we were too busy worrying about what Messi's doing on the edge of the box. And then they got in and scored. Fair enough. We countered it. We missed that absolute blinder when Sterling hit the barn and silver at the bar from a yard and then the keeper Donnarumma played really well but then we give Messi that little fraction of space that he needed he just he just threw us a, as a bit of a body swerve Laporte was twisted up and then he finished it beautiful I mean you can only clap it I mean talking about the other mob last night they got absolutely levered off Villarreal levered 
and then it falls to the right man in the 95th minute, the man you know, anyone else, Martial, Rashford, any of them lunatics, it's going over the bar. Give it him, it's in. And it's like, that's what you get. The best players in the world do that, you know what I mean? So I just applauded Messi. I thought, I applauded PSG. I thought, you know what? You were, last year we rolled you. We, we played you at your game. We rattled you. We wound you up. You all started throwing tantrums. Yeah, they did. It didn't work this time. They, they've got they've got a few extra players in that squad now. Hakimi at right back, Mendes at left back. Parati was back and then Messi in there. I mean, I was on with a Don Robbie watch along with a with Stuart, the Paris fan, lovely kid, big Paris fan, great guy, knows his football. And he was crying at home like they were like, oh, well, you know, you know, we've got Messi and we've got Neymar. I'm like, hold on a minute. You've got Messi, Neymar. And Mbappe up front, and we've got Raheem Sterling playing in a false nine. So don't be telling me you're hard done to, because I'd take any one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, going back to league performance, you mentioned the Chelsea one. And, mm. Ross, I don't know for you, I don't know if you managed to get uh, much of that game or if you watched it at all. I thought it was the statement performance by any of the big boys so far this season. I know we played Liverpool Chelsea and that was a bit of a stalemate, especially after the the ten men incident. The next best big game was Chelsea City last week. And I really thought that was a Man City really put down a marker. Did you did you manage to get any of the game? Yeah. I think the first forty five minutes was a bit stale, if we're being honest. That was kind of like no one wants to make a mistake and you know, let let the guard down. But in that sense, yeah. I think Man City could have come out of that. Great because all the talk in, the, in mainstream media is Chelsea are favourites for the league. You know they've got Lukaku. They're going to do this. They're going to go do that. But they needed a bit of humbling. Court. They needed a bit of a humbling, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Um, but it's not them saying it. Though. It's, it's the mainstream media and what on what way you think. Just because that's what they want you to think. Because they bought a strike and City missed out on Kane, therefore not going to win the league. I don't, I don't buy that. Man City have got the experience in this, most of their players in there and the manager to pull off different things. One thing I quite like about Man City, especially up top, is the movement. Now, to try to introduce new players in, in, in Grealish, obviously, I don't think De Bruyne, was he was De Bruyne to play that game? He started, yeah. He started, but he's, but he's, yeah, he but he's, he's still coming back. Obviously, they're trying to fill in it at left-back as well. So, you know, Man City, we're kind of up against it. And I've got a couple of Man City fans, and they're, they're all like, I don't think they were confident, but I think they were quietly confident. They didn't want to say that they were. But to come out of that and then, you know, because the top four is so close, I think there's on 14, and there's what another four teams are on 13 points. Therefore, Man City going into this next game can, can go above Liverpool, and it's that first chunk of games. Then you go into the international break. What does that do for mindsets of players and whatever else? I, I, the City players will be probably in, in agreement with Steve there, but you can go to PSG, give it your all. And they're not going to be hard done by the fact they've lost two 0 They're not out yeah. of the Champions League. It yeah. wasn't a terrible, wasn't a terrible performance. They know how good they are, so now they can go. Well, actually, we're one point behind Liverpool in the league. We played them before, um, so it's uh, it'd be interesting on Sunday. I'm, I'm just there. Uh, I'm hoping the fact that there's fans back in the stadium, but I'll put them off slightly because um, that always seems to work in our favour. Obviously, they got a great result last season. Um, and even the season before, I think they, they did as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited for this one. Is um, it's um, was you impressed as as much as I was, Avi, with 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 City last week, or are you going to say Chelsea kind of shat the bed because there was um, there's a lot like Curtis J says here. Uh, it's the for people that don't know that is the actual Curtis Jones. Uh, he tunes in. Um, he says too cool, way too defensive. Heard a few Chelsea fans have become a little restless because they lost two in a row. 
you know, we know Chelsea fans are like the owner fickle, like, you know, you never know when you can pull the trigger. Um, and fans kind of are very fickle as well over there, aren't they? Because they've only been supporting the club for the last what, 10, 12 years anyway. So, or, or do you think City really showed their true colours? Like maybe, am I overhyping City and then sort of, uh, you know, or, or was Chelsea just poor on the day and too defensive? I think it's a bit of both, Grizz. City was sharp. City looked sharp. You know, Bernardo Silva coming in, he played well. And then you had Foden floating around, you know, with the front three and then off the wings. He played well. I think a key element to City has been having a fully fit now, you know, after a season, after two bad injuries. One was, which was horrific, like in the ACL, is Laporte back, Grizz. Laporte mm-hmm. alongside Diaz, that is the, your, num- your number one centre-back pairing. You know, they're both... Is it, know, though? Let me just ask... Let me just tell Steve to butt in if he wants to. Steve, do you think... What's your... Steve, what's the best partnership there? Because I thought... And I know you agree... Not, uh, you might not... You might have changed your mind. Um, but I remember you saying Stones and, and, and um, Diaz is the best partnership. Well, what happened last year... I think every man and his dog at City was like, yeah, it's it's Laporte and Diaz. And then obviously Stones came in, full credit to him because it looked like he was going to leave. He came in, sorted himself out and he just became undroppable. And, and like you say, we won the league. Him and Diaz seemed to hit it off. John Stones didn't put a foot wrong last season. He did it. It's just unfortunate this season he's picked up an injury. Laporte's now reversed it. Now Laporte's got his chance and gone, I'm not letting what happened last season happen to me. I'm keeping this spot now. And he's come in there now and he's started the season on fire. So it's great to have competition. I mean, John Stones, um, he played well for England and he's, and, he, and, he, and he's on the bench. I feel a lot more safer with John Stones on the bench than Nathan Aki, let's put it that way. Because yeah. mm. you know what, Avi, it's interesting, isn't it? He spoke about Laporte. Steve spoke about Laporte. And do you remember he came back from um, a fucking mad injury, wasn't it, last ACL, season? It was, it was an ACL as well, yeah. And he kind of struggled. And a lot of people were were looking at Virgil and seeing how he's going to recover. And they were using Laporte as an example of it's going to take time. Virgil's not been and is not, I know you said it in the past at all. We, I think we, I'll get Ross's opinion in a minute. He's not 100% in no. terms of form or is he? Like he's playing, he's playing better. Grizz, he's probably he's probably at seventy five at the moment, seventy five to eighty percent. I mean, the Brentford mm. game, I I knew that was going to be a bit of a challenge because of Boemo and Tony. You know, they mm. were going to. You know, that was I think that was our first sort of real test. You know, let's test Virgil. And there was a challenge right at the end, eighty ninth minute, where they could have won it four three, and Virgil just sort of caught up with him. So the pace isn't the pace hasn't been lost. I just think it's sometimes just match fitness. You know, the more games he plays, the more rhythm, you know, he'll be back to his best. He's about 80% right now, which is scary because he's still probably in the top two defenders in, in the world, you know, at 80%. But I think, you know, by Christmas time, Christmas, the new year, we'll see a fully fit 100% Virgil van Dijk. Just the thinking, the anticipation, those things will come with more game time. So, yeah, I thought, you know, Brentford was a big test. Again, look, against Porto, because we had more possession, he looked at ease again. You know, Matip looked good. But, you know, Saturday, people will say, look, the whole defence sort of, you know, were awful. The midfield didn't help Trent, whatnot. But I just thought Virgil didn't, it wasn't his best performance. It was one of his poorer performances uh, in a Liverpool shirt. Ross, would you agree? He's not quite, would you say he's about 75, 80%? Yeah, I think, it, I think it, it, it's much. It's expected. Much, 
Yeah, match fitness and probably mentality as well, because me, me as a fan, when he made that challenge against Tony in the, in the, in the last minute, I'm sat at home and I'm wincing, going, are you, are you all right with that? Are you all right, yeah. Tackle? Yeah, yeah you, let him you, score as long as you're right yeah, for the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 yeah he, no, but I mean, is, is your leg going to go again? So it's yeah. him going, going to challenge. I've got no, no doubts that he's got an elite mentality, but he can't be a human being, go through that massive injury, all that recovery period, and then not once get injured again when he starts to make those challenges. So I think it, it, it's once again, of you know, getting back into the routine of, of playing football again, playing with your mates, getting back to that system that we had the high line. You know, don't forget he's, he's playing with different fellas that are in and around him as well. You know, we've got Simicass at left back, so he's got to make sure he's all right. Then we're playing a high line with James Milner at right back, which, you know, was fine against Crystal Palace, to be fair. Um, but, you know, there's all these little things that are in and around him that he's got to get used to again. So, you know, I, I agree. Could give another month or so. I think it'd be fine. And yeah. just to come back on this, Chris, um, I'm going to interrupt now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Van Dyke would have seen the praise and the plaudits that Ruben Diash was getting last season. Yeah. And all He's this. Ten, can you, know, can you, can you uh, Steve, I need you to perfect that because I want you to say it as well, like we say it, right? I say, I, I say everything Mancunian, yeah. Father Ruben Diaz. That's how I see it. <laughs> And he would have he would have seen the the reports, you know, Jamie Carragher coming out saying, you know, Ruben and look, fair play to Ruben Diaz. He had a great debut season, you know, unlucky with the, not winning the Champions League. Had he won the Champions League, then there would have been more like, you know, appraisal, like, look, you know, this guy is probably on par with Van Virgil. Virgil will notice that. And I think Sunday, oh, yeah. we're looking at battles around the pitch, you know, we will come on to Curtis Jones, but Virgil will just want to um, like you say, Grizz, the big dog, you know, he'll just want to Put a friendly reminder to everyone, the media, you know, fans as well, opposition fans that look, I'm still around. I'm still like the main man here. So it, it's going to be a fascinating battle between uh, the two, not, you know, head to head, but to see who comes out on top. Do you know what, Steve? I want to go back to a comment where someone and I think a few people backed it up as well, which is an insane stat that you've six, conceded six shots. six shots. I mean, when we talk about City, when we talk about Pep, uh, we rattle off the names of the forwards or attackers, I should say. Um, and we talk about Pep's f- football and his attacking philosophy and everything, right? But I've always said it, his, his, um, his, the way he, the way he coaches defensive, def- the way he coaches his teams defensively is underrated because it's probably one of the hardest ways to defend. And he believes in defending through keeping the ball away from the team. The opposition. You've got um, to have a certain character to defend for us because sometimes when we go gung-ho, we leave that back four so exposed and sometimes it's not a back four, it's a back two because the full-backs are overlapping. I've seen Walker overlap Mares and we and Mares give the ball away and then be on and then we're just in no man's land. So the thing is, we've, we've, we have been good defensively, but a big key to that defensive uh, system is Rodri and he's finally he's finally you know the good thing with City we gave him time the fans didn't get on his case oh Rodri he's not this he's not this because everyone tries to compare 
compared to Fernandinho. But what's happened is Fernandinho is a legend. But Fernandinho's slowing down and he's, you can see his age a little bit now. And now you're seeing Rodri coming in more and more. And especially against Chelsea, there was a big battle in there with Kante. Now, Kante won the Champions League final for them for me. He killed us. And we played no DM. And then Pep learned from his lesson and he got Rodri in there and he said, get right up him. Don't let him breathe. Same with Lukaku. Diaz and Laporte were right on him. They were smashing in the back of him. They were wrestling with him. And it unsettled him a little bit. And um, But Rodri was awesome against Chelsea. He was awesome. And I just I'm think a... he's underrated a little bit. Nah, he's not for me. I, I, I'm a massive Rodri fan. Have you seen and the size of him in real life as well? Absolutely massive Rodri fan. And I know he got a stick, even from City fans, in his first season and whatnot. And as you said... Trying to compare him to an all-time legend in Fernandinho. Because for me, Fernandinho goes down as a Premier League legend. Like, he's that good. Yeah. Stepping yeah. in those boots, very difficult, very difficult. But I think Rodri came into his season, into his own when you won the, um, when, when, when you won, when you regained the title. And I think he's, he's magnificent. We, um, Rodri brings that sort of, sort of solidity that Ross, we absolutely rely on and we didn't have for massive periods of last season the Fabinho does, doesn't it? It just automatically sort of gives you that kind of blanket on top of all, which is almost and before the Brentford game, a magnificent wall of Matip and Virgil van Dijk, isn't it? But Fabinho is just as key for us, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. I think the, on the Rodri stuff, I think these players, no matter how, how good quality they are, where they come from, need time to settle into the Premier League and get up yeah. to speed. And I've, I've no doubt, A, he's got better. He's got used to the, the English style of football. But also, he's going into training with Fernandinho. So, he's got the yeah. perfect person to teach him how to play that role, how it works. He's learning from, from one of the very best in the, in the Premier League. I, I agree on that. And as, as Steve was talking, I just... It's Liverpool are a nearly exact same style of play. Full backs come up, your DM drops back, and your two centre backs split. And then when you do lose the ball, you, we're the same. You, you just you just fucked to expose. But it's always you know moving from one side to the other, reading the it's the reading of the game. Now everyone says Fabinho's massive legs. He's got to be in the right place at the right time to cut out mm. a, a counter attack, and that's probably what Rodri's learning and is, is doing, and why he's got better because you've got to be able to read the game where you've lost the ball, where you should be. And to be able to put out fires, but it's not just that though. For you know, I've not watched Rodri as much. But for Fabinho, it's win the ball back, then go. You know, your transitional play and what you're doing when you're playing these teams, particularly when you're playing likes of you know a Burnley, Brighton, all these teams that put 10, 10 men behind the ball and you can't do anything. DMs are important in that sense as well to bring, to get you on attacks. But do you remember? Does. But do you remember Ross? Even Fabinho, we had to be patient with him. Do you remember we yeah, got? I remember his, 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 his first game, Torino. It was a friendly at Anfield. He wasn't very good and he missed a penalty. But then he, he was three, three, four months out of the team. You learn your role. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you learn your role. You need to see what you go and do. And then you come back in when you're ready. Um, you know, whereas Rodri was, was kind of put in a lot more than probably Fabinho was. Mm. What, what happened with Rodri? He was always a decent DM. But what happened was every time the ball got zipped into him and he was under pressure, his first touch was backward all the time so players in the midfield used to say soon let him have a bit of space Edison will zip it to him soon as the ball's on his way to him pressure him bang it goes back what he's now doing is he's, he's clever he's getting a little bit more clever he's dropping deep at the last minute he's picking it up and then he's turning and he's driving with it where he never did that before so we could never get out of our half quick enough so he used to play Fernandinho and he was the old Wiley Fox where 
he'd pretend to go one way, then he'd just jink in, run deep, pick the ball up, spin, and then we'd start the attack. Rodri was like a crab. It was left to right, left to right, backwards. But now, especially against Chelsea, you just have that confidence to hold that player off, turn and get City going. And that's what we needed. Otherwise, if he, he couldn't adapt to that position, because not all players that Pep buys can adapt. Joe Cancelo, yeah. prime example, he bought him the other year. He had an awful season. Couldn't get his head around it. And I don't know if you've ever watched a documentary on Pep. I think it's called Four Four Two Pass Pass Move or something like this. A Barcelona documentary. A pass the ball, move the ball. Yeah. yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Cabidal explains that he didn't get what Pep was telling him to do. And then when when he fight, he went to the president and said, "You need to get rid of this manager. He's telling me to do this. I'm a left back. What's he doing?" <laughs> and then when he finally twigged it, he said, I "Can't believe it. He made me a ten times better player." And that's the thing with Pep Guardiola. He has a system in his mind, a bit like Klopp. He knows what he wants. Pep knows what he wants. And I think they get a season to see if they can do it. And if they don't do it, I think they're gone. And I think Rodri just gets it now. You know what I mean? And he's and he's, he's very important of what we do. I remember. I remember that game that you're talking about, not the game that you're talking about, sorry, but the sort of the the the, the insecurities he had about himself because we done we done exactly what what you said people were doing in the charity shield. Yeah. Leading up to the end of the one that we you guys won on penalties. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember Rodri having a mare in that game and we were pressing him from all angles. He didn't know what hit him. But as you say, he, now he's probably up along with Fabinho as one of the one of the best and uh, uh DMs around. And it's absolutely spot on what you said about the complexities of playing in a pep midfield and a clock midfield. And it's a perfect segue. Perfect segue into Curtis Jones because we're talking about we're talking about Fabinho and Rodri internationals and experienced players that have been asked to play in their respective managers' midfields, taking time, learning the different moves, learning the different positions, how to how to make space, create space. This kid, because I keep forgetting he's 20 years old, right? Mm. Probably come to you, Avi, first, because I know you know you, you you've been praising him for for a couple of years now. Um, last season, I thought he was brilliant, and the reason why he was really really brilliant and shone for me was the the different positions and tactical duty he was asked to carry out, and he learned that last season in a depleted team squad like we had last season. He goes away and thinking that, yeah, that's me sorted and I'm going to have a more prominent role now. Even though the big boys will be back and everything, I'm still part of this team now. What happens next is Harvey Elliott, right, his, his, his junior, steps into his role and probably takes it up to another level or at least the same level, right? And we know, unfortunately, he gets an injury. Curtis Jones gets an opportunity, and for me, he's grasped it with both hands. Have you? He has. Grizz, he's a he's he's a talented player, but with him, it was always can he become the grafter in the team? You know, at academy level, he was scoring goals from twenty yards, thirty yards. Scored a famous hat trick against Napoli, playing in a ten. But he always thought he thought he was better than what he was, and he thought, you know what, this level's too easy for him. What Klopp did last season with him was brilliant. I thought. He had maybe, you know, 
10 games maybe too many you know that we had to use mm. him for but yeah you know, that I was agree. because of the, the that was because of the injuries but he's made him an all-round midfielder a more disciplined player not just a 10 you're not just going to be a creative player i want you to become an all-round player and we saw it against brentford i thought he did really really well but porter was the game where he can give and go when he needs to one thing that i noticed against porter was he can slow down the tempo of the game as well with his passing, or if he wants to drive forward, he can drive forward and pick up the pace as well with the game. He was brilliant. And that first goal came from the left-hand side, but he's been playing a role in that midfield three. And he's sort of like, you know, Hendo and Fabinho are behind him and saying, look, go and express your stuff, but you need to come back and graft as well. And he's doing that. And I thought last season, you say brilliant. I thought he had a good season, a good season where... I agree. The reason why I said brilliant, the reason why I said brilliant was... In the context of what where we were and what we were as a team, like yeah. we were depleted everywhere, and in that context, I thought it was brilliant. And you know, he was nineteen, turned twenty in January, so you know he's still learning more and more about his position. And you need to have a certain amount of intelligence to play in a midfield three, especially in a Klopp midfield three. And Klopp trusts him. You know, I've seen some shouts that you know, not sure whether he can play on Sunday. You know, he's played two games, Brentford and, you know, against Porto Tuesday. Three games. Can he he go on to play with City? He's he's born ready. He he literally is. And I think it's a game and he will relish. And last season, you know, the game was 1-1 when Klopp took him off. And I'm not saying we lost that game 4-1 because of Jones's, you know, um, Klopp's decision to take him off. But he was playing in a disciplined system. And prior to that, um, prior to the second, third, fourth goal that City scored, it was a tight, tight game. So, you know, I would definitely start him on Sunday and he's got the confidence now. And you don't, you don't, you don't, when a player's on that kind of momentum, you keep playing him like Klopp did with Harvey Elliott. He was playing well, you know, against the Burnleys, the Norwich came on the bench. You know, he started him against Chelsea. You know, he's got, he's got that momentum. So go with it. So he's definitely a starter for me on Sunday. Ross, how beautiful does it feel to have um, two kids because that's what they are, in Elliot and Jones, right? Um, almost battling it out, sort of in a position where the world and his dog demanded a signing. Um, and we've got these two, I'm going to call them local kids, even Elliot. I know he came from, um, where was it? Fulham. Yeah, but, you know, he came when he was 16. He was part and parcel of the fabric. Um how so talk to me about his mentality, the strength and mentality to sort of, as I said, be a prominent player last season in a depleted team and then suddenly have a little bit of a kick in the butt, maybe from Klopp, where he elevates Elliot over him, who he's captained, I believe, in the under 23s or whatever at times. And suddenly he sees his younger con- compatriot ahead of him but then gets an opportunity and shows the mental desire, everything, application and loads of skill to get back in that team. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been in doubt with Curtis Jones because Mm -hmm. if you see some of his post-match interviews from, I think we played Everton, um, you know, he played those um, Carabao Cup games and FA Cup games. He's got a slight slight arrogance to him, but not not an an over-arrogance. You know, he backs himself, which I quite like in that sense. Um, And I think... He's also very lucky in the sense of the Liverpool squad that we have are full of, full of characters. I'm sure Man-, Man City are the same in the sense of you've got winners in there, but you've also got characters that will teach you how to behave on and off the field. Don't get too big for your boots. Don't be, don't be you know, too arrogant, as I mentioned before. But back yourself because you need the confidence. I think he's been slightly unlucky at the start of the season because 
he was playing the preseason friendlies, but he got he got um he got precipitated off the sooner and yeah. he got he got kicked in the head and a bit of concussion. So oh, yeah, because yeah, things might, might might have been slightly different for him, but I think it's good that he's got Harvey Elliott there and it's someone that's yeah. like younger than him going, what, 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 what are you doing here? Whereas it was a 40, 50 million pound midfielder that everybody wanted, he might not have had that same thing because he might have gone, well, actually, yeah, fair enough. They're 25, they're more experienced, might be a Sal Niguez or, or something like that. Okay, fine, I'm, I'm cool. But that's, you know, I bring it back to healthy competitiveness. That's what you want in your side. You know, and now he knows that there's no Thiago, there's no Harvey Elliott, Navigator kicked the grass and he's, and he's injured. So, I, I, you know, I've, I've been trusted to go and do this and I'm going to go take my role. You know, similarly, as you said before, with some other players, um, with with um, Laporte and John Stones, Liverpool players are the same. You know, you get put in that squad. You have to be the best. You have to be the best in training. You have to be the best on the pitch because if you don't, there's someone right behind you breathing down your neck that, that will take your place. Curtis Jones has done that and I like what he, what he did against against Porto, you know, tracking back Grafton. I think Salah's second goal comes from him him winning the ball back. The one thing I do like about him is he's very rarely gives the ball away and he's very composed, so he'll keep hold of it. If the ball's not on, stop, yeah, keep up, keep hold of it and, and I'll go back again. And then similarly, in, in an attacking sense, when he's going forward, he's he's Foden-esque and I, I don't mean that comparing the players because I think Foden's on a, on a high level for me, but I think in a sense with the way that he's running style with the ball, he runs with his head up, and he, the way that he opens his body up means like yeah. that's, that second style goal. For for example, he moves himself into position where he's got his head up, his body's open, and he's made himself one, two, three opportunities that he can pass to. And the defence backed off; he could have had a shot. But he, that's you know that's a, a natural thing and something that, that he's worked on. So he's got so many facets to his game, but also he's twenty years old. Yeah. And again, you know, he's got he's got the plays got Fabinho, Henderson, uh, you know, Tiago around him. Like, you, you know, you, you can you learn from any? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Learn from anyone. Yeah, you can learn from them. So yeah, and if he doesn't start on Sunday, fine. Well, there's a reason that you're not in there. Klopp said it in his post match of the day of going. I don't pick people because they're the best. I pick the people because he played the art, he, he trained the hardest and worked the hardest throughout the week, and that, that's yeah. why I pick him. So he and has to a... show that mentality, and you know, otherwise he's not going to get picked. Grizz and he's he's a like you said with his many facets that he has to his game. He's he's a genuine goal scoring threat as well. When was the last time we could say that? I, I know Ox likes to take a pot shot from here, but he's a genuine who can get into the box a little I bit quickly, get a shot I off think, as well. I think that was my question of him. It was unfair question last season because of the facts of the team, but I think this season I want to see more goals and assists from him, and he started <clears> off brilliantly from. On that aspect, so yeah, I've left this on the screen, and and there's a reason, and and Ross alluded to it as well. He mentioned Foden, and and still will be happy to hear that on this channel we don't just rate our own. Um, Ross, as Ross says, we said like for me, Foden, for me, Foden is 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 fucking amazing. What I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna say about Foden is a lot of the shows I was going on, I was getting stick off fans saying. Pep Guardiola's ruining Foden. Why don't he let him go out on loan? Da, 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 da. And I defended him and said, look, we know what's going to happen with Foden. Pep's come out in the in-house Manchester City press and the TV channel and told us what's going on with Foden. And the thing is with Foden, you're saying with Curtis, if you have got a diamond, yeah, you've got to be very careful who you loan that diamond to because you ain't getting that diamond back in the same condition as it left, right? Yeah. It's very rare a player goes out on loan from a top team comes back and rips up trees. Because what happens is if you pick the wrong side, they go there, they pick up bad habits on the pitch and off it. So all of a sudden, he's, he's, he's now in another dressing room 
with a load of idiots who aren't up to his ability. They're driving Range Rover Sports. They're going out on the piss. They're doing everything because you can't keep track on it, yeah? So then he comes back and he either comes back with an ego, yeah, where he thinks he's better than he is and he goes downhill or he actually is a good kid. He goes there, he learns his trade, he comes back a better player. But what Pep did was, who is the better to learn off than Kevin De Bruyne, David Silva? Spot on. So he says to him, you watch them every day in training. You eat, you sleep, you do exactly what they do. You room with them on away trips and you look how they live their life. And if you copy that mould, you'll be the best, one of the best footballers in the world. And he done that. Jaden Sancho didn't do that. Jaden Sancho thought, you know what? I need to play in the team. I want to leave. Good luck to him. He left. And look where he is now at Man United, playing shit. By the end of the day, <laughs> Phil Foden, at the end of the day, Phil Foden, he, he trusted his manager. And this is exactly, in my opinion, what Curtis needs to do. You trust your manager. He knows what's best. He's obviously keeping him there for a reason. And let me tell you this. If you're playing in that Liverpool side, you are a good player. You're a fantastic player. To, to, to get anywhere near that squad, training with them players and, 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 and scoring goals, you're a fantastic player. So, look, Liverpool fans always give their own time. City fans have done it with Foden. So, just let, embrace it, enjoy it. I love to see it. I love to see, I've seen Elliot, the way he started the season, fantastic. Absolutely gutted when he got injured. And like I say, Curtis Jones, I remember him scoring that goal against Everton. Local lad, meant the world to him and that. And, I just think good luck to him. I think good luck to him. I love to see young players in the top teams. I think it's brilliant. It's true. Uh, Avi, Steve makes a good point about um, neither of them have been sent out on loan. Am I right or am I yeah. wrong, lads? Yeah, Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you're right. Foden hasn't been sent out on loan, has he, Steve? No. Under no. under Pep. And and I think, guys, Ross and Avi, I don't think Curtis, Curtis Jones has been sent out. We've Elliot, had new... Elliot had a good season at Blackburn. Maybe yeah. he needed it. But, 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 but Elliot was... Yeah, but Elliot was 16, 17, Steve. So he's like very, very young. So, and I think the, I think he was very carefully selected where Elliot went. Like Tony Mowbray and Mowbray, Klopp yeah. had, had, had lots of conversations about the role and everything. It was like, it was not just a loan for the sake of it. It was an actual technical loan about how he's going to develop him and whatnot. So there's a lot of thought process behind the, the Blackburn loan. But it's, 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 a, it's so true about Foden and, and, and Curtis Jones by their respective managers. And Avi made a point earlier that he thought Jones played about 10 games too much, but we were, we had no choice. Mm. Like last season, we had no choice. And even though Foden absolutely fucking ruined my fantasy league last season because he was never <laughs> picked when I picked him, right? But it made sense how Pep used him. It made sense sporadically. He didn't just let him play every game. When Pep said he was the best young player he'd seen since Messi, they all took the piss out of him yeah. and said he was taking the piss. But... Pep Guardiola, I think he's more qualified than a lot of like Bill down the road who sat in his porter cabin to tell you who the best player is. He's training with him every day. And look at Foden now, he, he changes the game every time he comes on. Yeah, yeah you don't I want think... these players to get to get burnout either. He's in danger yeah. of overusing him. So he's been he's been managed perfectly on and off the field. The other thing that it does is which is the knock-on effect. If you're saying you like we all like local lads getting into into the team. There's a clear pathway for these players. If these lads can see Phil Foden, what he's done, what Curtis yeah. Jones is doing now. We saw it with, with Liverpool, you know, on Man City, might have been the same in the, in the Carabao Cup games that you play. You know, a Tyler Morton, you know, Owen Beck, um, you know, all these lads that are playing these games can look up to these lads that are breaking the first team. We played a whole, yeah. whole 
left back, right back, two centre backs, and DM was the whole academy. It was they've never yeah. played a, a first team game, and we we beat them six one. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. brilliant. And it, yeah, and, and if they, they, they perform and they and they, and they build themselves and do the right things off the pitch, as you were saying before, there's no reason. They have, these are the two of the best. Well, it's the best Liverpool side of my lifetime. It's one of the best Manchester City sides that there's, there's ever been. And if these lads can get into those sides, well, they must be fucking good. And there's no reason that someone coming through the under-19s, under-21s can't do the same in two, three years' time. And just on that as well, Chris, like we talk about for like Foden should have gone out and known. He's played 130 appearances and he's got his goals. And at the same time in the last three, four years, he's been collecting trophies as well. That mm. mentality to have at such a young, you know, at a young age from the age of sort of 17, you're winning, doesn't matter whether you win the Carabao Cups or the FA Cups or league titles, that mentality can only keep you in good stead going forward, you know, three, four years down the line. So people say he's not had his fair share of crack. I know last season he played his majority of games. I think he played 45, 50 games, but he's played a hundred, he's played quite a few games already for City, you know, at the age of 21, you know, it's, it's, you've got to be careful how you nurture these youngsters. So, and he's winning as well. He's winning trophies to go along with that as well. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are saying, sort of, Steve, they're asking, is Foden an eight in this side? Is that is that where you see him? Because he, he where did he, he play against us? La- when you ripped us last season, didn't he? Am right. I right in thinking he played off the right last season? Yeah, I can't he played remember. off the right. He's played off the left. He's played against Chelsea. He was more like a false nine. Right. He's played three. He, he's, I think he's going to play me on Sunday. I, I think so. Think I, think, I think Sterling will play. I think the same team that played against Chelsea will play at Anfield. I was just going to say, so we, we can probably start trying to work out our respective teams and what how we think we're going to line up. So starting with you, you think, I think your back four, does it pick itself? Does Stones come back in? Your full backs are there, yeah. It's Cancelo on the left. Um, yeah. Laporte, Diaz and Kyle Walker. Be Rodri at DM. Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. Grealish, Foden. Jesus. That's a good team, Jesus. That's a good team. Uh, I know, um, but it, it, it's, it, it's the, the striker situation, man. We just need that. It's like I'm sat looking at a jigsaw, a four and you know, jigsaw, and there's and one little there's one piece, piece in the middle that I just can't finish it. That's what that's what I'm like with it. But you don't know it is. Yeah. Russ, I don't think I don't, I don't think. Sorry, he'll play <laughs> Sterling. But, but I, I didn't realise that you know he's, he's been out of four where he gets gets lost in the middle or that he'd even played in the middle. But I think he he was there decent there last last season. But obviously again there was no fans. But I think it's a mistake when he tries to play Sterling at Anfield because he gets the crowd going and they get on his back and then the whole crowd starts yeah, booing and he gets intense. And it's fucking him. pointless. Yeah, I won't play him. You wouldn't. I won't play Sterling. No, it'd be my front three. It'd be Grealish on the left, Foden down the centre, and I'd play. Um, Jesus on the right, but he might play Mares on the right. I don't know. Save Jesus because if it don't work with Foden, because Foden in the middle against Virgil and Matip is going to have a tough time. He's going to have to keep away from him because they'll just knock him all over. But Gabriel Jesus does like that physical battle and he's not frightened of having a bit of a bump about. So I'd start Foden and if Foden's getting no joy later on, maybe put Jesus up there or whatever. Avi, Mr. In the Know, your your predictions and sort of lineup predictions are usually always wrong. So tell us what you think is going to happen. And then we, so we know what's going to happen. Just before I come Real to Liverpool, what, just before I come to Liverpool, I think he might go and play Morris just because Robert hasn't started the season. Well, I know he had a brilliant game against Porto, but Mar- they might think that they might think that, you know, Robertson can get got out there. So Morris might fancy his chances, but 
with us, Chris, I've gone with the normal back forward. No, 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 I wanted, I, oh. no, no, I still, I still wanted you to st- again. You haven't Stick listened to, to the city? question. It's up, and I love being back with you. Yeah, I was just going to ask your opinion on the city lineup and, and tax day is coming. Oh no! But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a three percent match, you can get up to one hundred ninety-five dollars for the twenty twenty-three tax year. Oh. Yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Where do we find weaknesses and space in that team? Because the way Steve's laid out, because I genuinely think Steve, I think you're going to go with a double barrel in um, in midfield. I think I think you're going to go Rodri and Fernandinho and De Bruyne. That's just my opinion. I think Pep last season the the dog and duck fucking beat us at Anfield. Like, don't get carried away about last season, right? Everyone beat us last season. Burnley, Fulham beat us last season. So it's no shame in losing to you guys, right? But this, se- but previous seasons we know he goes very defensive at Anfield. And he knows a draw is a brilliant result for him. Uh, do you see Avi um, both playing or do you think he's going to stick with Silva? No, I, I went with the, the double pivot um, myself, uh, Rodri Fernandinho. I think that just gives them that little bit more assurances and security because you got to remember Curtis Jones, if we're presuming that he starts, he will want to push forward. You know, we're not playing with a Thiago Hendo, Fabinho or a workman-like midfield. We will play with one who's a bit of an oppressor, who's a bit more progressive with the ball. So I see Pep maybe playing Rodri and Fernandinho. In terms of where do we find gaps, I think we've got to start Jota Grizz because I think Jota can go through sort of Diaz. Um, if, you, if you're running at Diaz, I think Diaz's movement, the way he switches positions and his stance, I think he does struggle a little bit there. That is a little bit of a flaw in his game. So I would start with um, Jota, but... It's one of those games, Grizz. It's going to be set on tempo. You know, it will be maybe cagey for the first 15, but as soon as there's a goal, it could spark things off like it typically does um, between the two. Ross, cagey, first 15? Somehow, I don't think so. Or do I think it's just going to go off, right? I think it's going to go off. off. It's going to be like a basketball game, left to right to left. I genuinely think, I mean, I genuinely I'm going to tell you the truth. I can't fucking stand the place. We'll never get a result there. I can't stand the place. I, I, I said on a show the other week, you got a tough week. I said, yeah, Chelsea will get a result. Paris, I'm not bothered about. Anfield, I'm worried about. What are you worried about Anfield more than Chelsea? I went, yeah, we got a Chelsea all the time and get results, no problem. We got Anfield. The last time we won at Anfield before last season was Nicholas and Elcott, and we were shit. And then other than that, we've gone there with absolutely fantastic teams. A couple of draws. Just folded yeah, in that. You've got a couple of draws in there. And Mara's missed that mad penalty and all that. It's it's listen, it's it's just that obviously City and Liverpool, the rivalry over the last couple of years where we've been absolutely neck and neck in a title race where four years you've won at twelve o'clock, we've had to win at four, then we've won at twelve, and you've had to win at four. I don't know about you guys, but them they they were stressing me out there because I was like, these ain't going away. And then I speak to Liverpool fans and they're like Fucking City ain't going away. And I mean, they were going to the wire. I mean, and that's what I get with Liverpool. That's why me and Grizz have said it on the big six. Last season, I predicted, did I not, Grizz, that Manchester City were going on a 20-odd game run. And Toby went, there's no chance you're going on a 20-game run. I went, I know my team. And the way they're playing now, there's only us and Liverpool can go on these runs. 
And we went on a run and we won the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and, and we're both capable of it. They're similar teams. It's mad. Steve, is it a game that both teams can't afford to lose? Hence, I said KG. Well, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. I just wanted Ross's opinion on how he thinks the game's going to pan out because Steve thinks it's going to be like basketball and to end stuff. Avi thinks it's going to be KG to start off with. Yeah. I, I think we go for the. I think we go for their throats. We try to go for their throats because if we try to let Chelsea, um, if we let City settle, we know they can keep the ball for for the whole game. How do you think? How do you see it? Yeah, it's it's tough because we we've stopped playing like that. This have heavy metal football we haven't done for years. It's been like much slower, much calculated. You know, when we're, we're kind of trying to pick teams off, but I don't think you, you can't do that against Manchester City. You, you can't. can't do it when the, when the when the crowds up as well. You know, you need to ride the crest of the wave of the crowd as well while they're in a good mood before City take the ball and the you know, the quiet the crowd goes a bit bit quieter. I I don't know whether I'm just throwing this out there. Liverpool go four two three one themselves and play the front four. I mean that's that's our that's our that's our way of getting at Manchester City because I, I did what they conceded one goal in the league so far. But with this was it two or three against Leipzig and obviously two against PSG, so they've done five there. Leipzig went for them. Now obviously I don't think Leipzig like, got the same qualities as in defence to combat a Manchester City, but that's the only way I can see doing it. It's, it's absolutely mad because you know there's obviously lots of banter where else flying around between the Liverpool fans and City fans. But at the end of the day, I think there's nothing but respect what the two teams do and what they're both capable of but also that that also projects fear of not wanting not wanting to concede goals and not wanting to mess up you know it's a high pressure game of high quality players you make a mistake and you, you're going to get punished in it so I think Liverpool will, will absolutely go for it um, it might be that's also a bit of a risk against a, a quality side as I said but maybe you have to do that for 10-15 minutes we saw it in Champions League games previously you get the crowd on the back you get the reds down you, you can you know they can be got at but if you don't, the longer the game goes on, as Avi says, you know, is a draw a really bad result for Manchester City away from home? I, I take it. I take a draw at the Etihad all day long. I think. I think. You know yeah. what? You, you know, you mentioned the you, you put out there the sort of the formation and going with the front four. Do you know we we fucking done that at the Etihad? Do you remember, lads? Yeah, we yeah, went yeah. out there yeah, yeah. and City didn't expect that. Um, and and for that first half, we were so so good. We just couldn't put the chances away. We, we went with the front four, and I think Jota was fairly new then as well. I think it will be harsh on on Curtis if we do that this time round. I can see it though. I wouldn't but really. I think, out. But, but but I think he'd understand if it, if, if Navigator started out Curtis Jones, he'd be pissed off. And also, yeah. he's played three on the bounce because he played he played Norwich, Brentford. He did, yeah, three on the bounce. Though, didn't he? And he, played, he played the six at, at, at Norwich as well. And he was sick. He was sick against Porto. Klopp said afterwards, like he had a stomach problem, but he still played. And fucking hell, it's fine. It all worked out in the end. But if he's playing the front four, Curtis Jones is going to be pissed off, is he? The only problem is it's the, it's gamble. And if it doesn't work out and we're not scoring goals, what are our options then off the bench? Because I'm I'm liking it. You've you've kind of taught me. I'm, maybe I'm easily led. I never used to be easily led, but yeah, there's always one person that sort of leads you astray. I'm, 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 I'm convinced. I think we can do that. I think we can do that if we put Fabinho and Henderson to sort of because they're not, as Steve says, they haven't got a, they haven't got an out and out striker. I mean, Jesus is probably any chance of Torres starting through the middle because he's been weird. He's not. It's not been anywhere near it. Last few games, I think he started. Everyone was saying he's going to be the nine, and then he's. He's never. It's just never a false nine for me. I get. I like you say against the, the smaller opposition, 
he seems to be good. He's only a young kid, but against the big boys, he's just he just he's mm-hmm. a little bit too timid and just gets pushed off the ball. Against Van Dyke and Matip, he's got no chance, mate. Mm. Avi, um, sorry, Chris. I think if you yeah. go four-two-three and one as well, I don't think you, you can expect James Milner to bomb up and down the right and left as much because that's obviously going to be an area that they'll target. Sorry, if, you know, Jack Grealish. I think James Milner doesn't feel loads of confidence. Having said that, I thought the same with Crystal Palace. As soon as the team news came up, Crystal Palace, it was like mm, Zaha against James Milner. You know, he did pretty well, but he needs support from from Joel Matip, and yeah. you know, if, if it's Hendo done that right hand side, he needs support from him as well. Avi, I was just going to say, um, the biggest disappointment, obviously, going into this game is the absence of Trent Alexander the Great. Um, what a miss! Um, James Milner's been fucking magnificent, but it's a total different way of playing, isn't it? Um, Trent sort of pinging those crosses crossball transitions when because City will press City will bloody press especially uh, in the fullback areas and that's where Trent comes into his own um, so maybe we may have to formulate a different way of playing against this City team because um, I don't think City will sit back like they will defend from the front um, major loss can we overcome it you confident yeah I mean it, it would be nice seeing Trent and Salah going against um, Cancelo because Cancelo's he's, he's playing well now. You know, he's got that left-hand position like on his own. Like he's, he's been brilliant and he's a great passer of the ball as well. It is a big loss, but I, I'm not too worried about Milner against Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish isn't the quickest. You know, he isn't the quickest. He can draw fouls. I know he does. He's like, I know but, this is going to come back. No, what the fuck have you said that? No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm not worried at all. Like Jack Grealish, is, he'll, he'll draw the fouls, but I, he can't get away from Milner. He has, he's not blessed with like natural pace. So I think Milner will be fine. I think, you know, Jack Grealish going up against a Trent, maybe there's like worry, you know, the trickery of Grealish cutting in, you know, getting away because we know that Trent doesn't mark very close. So with Milner, I'm not too worried um, with him starting and you got to trust him. Look, he was trusted against Zaha and I think he picked up his first yellow card in the 75th or 77th. Milner's definitely first. getting a yellow card. You need to get the card bets on. Milner is 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. As long as it ain't early, as long as it ain't early, that's that's totally fine. But yeah, no, um, I think, look, who else can we play? Ox at right back? If I say that, I'll get vilified anyway for it. So it's got to be with Milner and, you know, you've got to trust. He's, he's a wise head. He's 36 years old. He's got the experience. Seeing, seeing, seeing Milner out there and obviously it's obvious, Pep, will he go with a bit of pace there? Because I know you think Grealish is a, is a stand-on to play there. Is there a possibility, Steve, that he thinks Milner's there? I'm, I'm fucking going for this. And, and does an overload with Cancelo and maybe a Sterling or I don't know who's the other option out there. To be honest, to be honest, what you get with there's no point in him putting a player with pace there because if he beats Milner and crosses it, there's no fucker in the box. <laughs> so Grealish, what he does, he gets the ball and cuts on his right, and he got more chance of him curling it in, shooting, or playing the edge of the box, De Bruyne shooting. That's how we play. It's you'll see on Sunday, it's left to right, side to side. Left to right, side to side. Someone will overlap, pull the ball back. There'll be no one in the box. You'll just cut it out. It's weird. It's just a weird thing. We mm-hmm. just need to go and get some mad African free transfer striker from somewhere who can just be in the box and let it hit his head. Because the amount of chances he gets, he'll he'll, he'll be a he'll just be mad. Would you take? Would you would, would you take the one at Arsenal? 
You know, your favourite one. Riga. We want a Riga on a free. Um, I, tried to, <laughs> I, tried, I tried to get Steve to pronounce uh, um, how he pronounces the Arsenal striker, but he's too sharp for me. He didn't fall for that one. But as uh, Ross, um, so the selection dilemma, it seems for us, it probably comes down to Jota or Bobby, I'd say. Um, mm. What do you nice do? Nice problem to have. Mm. Either or. Um, I, I think what you get from Jota is different runs in from behind. I think he's, he's good at pulling defenders away and creating space for others. But also with Bobby, you know, you're talking about that intense start to the game. There's no one better for me than than Bobby at leading the press. You know, he Harry's people, he can Decent tie them out. record against City as well. Decent record. Yeah, and, and he's, just, he's just scored two goals, you know, against Porto the other day. So, you know, you talk about Curtis Jones feeling hard done by Bobby's just come off the bench and scored two goals. Jota, didn't, Jota should have had two goals and he didn't take his chances. Um, but either way, you know, I, I like the idea of, you know, Bobby tiring them out for 70 minutes, then you bring a Jota on or vice versa. I'm just happy to have the options this year, Chris, to be honest with you. Not, not Jota's out yeah. for three months because he played exactly. a game that did, did, didn't matter. I think it's very tight between them. And I said before, I, I like the idea of playing all four of them, but also I'm concerned that one of them will get injured or something doesn't work out. I'd like to have one of them on, on a bench as an option when something's not, not working true. out rather than playing all four. It's not working out. You then turn to your bench and you're relying on Takamina and Amino and Divacarigi to change or influence a game against Manchester City, which I don't think I don't think will happen. Um, I've got... <laughs> I so, just love Bobby. I'd start Bobby. Bobby, yeah. I'd against Jota. It's such a tough one. I think, Avi, you probably go with Jota for the fact that, like you said, Diaz, if you're playing up against Diaz, you're meat and drink for him. But if you drop and, drop he comes out of his, him, yeah. and, come, that's, he's come, and bring him out of his comfort zone, like Jota has a tendency to do in recent times where he drops deep, turns, and then has the ability to run, um, what would you do then in that case? Do you do Jota or do you do Bobby then? Because I think that's the only dilemma, probably. Jota, Mane, and Salah for me, Grizz. Um, Jota, I do want him in the middle, you know, for the first sort of, you know, 65, 70. And if it's still sort of like, you know, nil, nil, one, one, then maybe try and bring Bobby on to like, you know, just move around a little bit, press a little bit more, um, cause a little bit havoc deeper. But now I'd start with Jota, Salah, and Mane. I mean, they don't play great collectively. They're still scoring goals. I mean, Jota, he's still getting those chances and he's, you know, he's snatching at some chances at the moment, like that Porto chance he had with his left. You know, he just shot it wide when it was literally, you know, open wide, you know, to shoot on target. But I would start with those three. I think there's goals in them um, on Sunday as well. I think, look, I think the way I look at it is we've spoke about sort of Jota and, and, and the front three and their front three. I think one way of us, for sure, they're going to target Milner, for sure. We know that Cancelo is probably one of the most intelligent fullbacks I've come across in a long time. I think he's fantastic. Um, and his link up with Grealish will be key in how we handle that side. Um, but the further Cancelo gets, the more Cancelo gets brave, Steve. Yeah. There's a certain Mo Salah who is probably on form. Brave because Grealish can't help him as, as well. So he's not going to get brave. And, and and you know what? It suits us yeah, but, when he's not yeah, but it's naturally, yeah, But it's naturally, though, Steve. With it's not certain it's very fullbacks, rarely overlaps Grealish this season. He's been no, no, no. It's not about overlapping. It's taking up positions further up the pitch in terms of on the halfway line and part and in the opposition half. So, for example, yeah. it's, it's a natural instinct of way of playing because Pep's instilled it in them so much. 
it takes a lot of mental strength not to play your natural game. It, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's an intriguing battle. I also think on the other side, Mane for us, Ross, Ma- I think Mane, because Kyle Walker, I don't think there's anyone in world football, and I probably include Kylian Mbappe, that can outrun Kyle Walker on the outside. You don't do it. You're stupid if you try to run him on the outside, right? Because he's just a physical specimen. But I think Carl Walker, Carl Walker, has concentration lapses he does. galore, and he has them especially on the inside, Ross. And this mm. is where Mane's been kind of playing recently. Do you agree? Slight, slight change of style in Mane, where Mane used to hug the touchline, go out and in. Whereas he's playing more of an inside forward and making that dart inwards where Salah used to make last season, where Salah's playing much wider now. Do you see that yeah. as an opportunity for us? Um, potentially. Um, I think Kyle Walker's a phenomenal defender, if I'm being honest. Um, but the, the big difference in Liverpool from pre-season was the fact that how many bodies we were committing forward. Now, I know we couldn't do that last season because we had so many injuries. Yeah. But if you look at all the games that we played and in the way that Harvey Elliott was playing and Curtis Jones as well, Every time Mo Salah plays, he has two players on him. So you need some sort of either decoy or a different option or, you know, just someone to, to, to help him out. I think we'll get that. And, uh, you know, Kyle Walker can, I think, in a foot race, will obviously beat Sadio Mane, but he can only run in one direction or he can only mark one player. If you've then got Andy Robertson on the overlap or, you know, on the inside channel, you know, Mane's then got an option there. But also, if you're playing all front four, you've got Jota, who can move in between Salah and help him out and we just yeah. the left and help Manny or Jordan Henson can do it depending on who we play him in field. So maybe there's a chance that we can overlap that side. I don't think I don't see it as a weakness, but I think it's a space that can be got at and you know if you can create two, three different options for Manny. Or, you know, you're taking Kyle Walker away from him and he can all Manny needs is two, three, four, five yards, similar to Jack Grealish, cutting inside right foot and he can, he can curl one. You know he's got that he's got that in his locker. Um it's an, an interesting battle, but again, likewise, it's so intense and so mad because this is probably the only game in the league that I could say Liverpool might win this 4-0, particularly Manchester City might win this 4-0, or it might just be 0-0, or it might, it just might be a draw. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's built on fine margins and you need to get your decisions correct in this game, otherwise you you, you get punished. Yeah. Avi, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for a prediction from you and then you can start getting ready to close the show down. Um, Go on then, son. Hit us with your predictions. Just a quick one as well. I know people are laughing with the Grealish and Milner stuff, um, but you got to remember Milner will be bombing forward as well, like he did with Palace. And we'll see the discipline of Grealish and Cancelo that side as well. So if Milner and Salah play in tandem, I think they'll cause him trouble. But prediction-wise, Grizz, I'm... Shall I give you my real prediction then? No, no. Give me your real prediction. <laughs> I think it'll be 3-1 Liverpool. I think it'll be 3-1. I think we'll score first. I think we'll, I'll go, I think we'll go 2-0 up. They'll score one and then we'll grab a late one late on. And I think I think Jota will get a brace as well. 3-1 Liverpool. Okay. I'll let you start getting ready to, to close the show. Uh, Steve, how do you see this one going? Um, I think we win 2-1. Yeah? Yeah, tough game, but we win 2-1. I think both teams are going to go at each other, but I just think we're going to go at you as well. I don't think he's going to play Fernandinho. I just think he's going to just go for it. We've just got to go for it. Why not go for it? If he, plays for, if he plays Fernandinho and Rodri, will you um, 
Will you finally admit? Will you finally admit that I'm the real football man in the big six? Like, will you say that on a on a show live? Like, and yeah, Chris is, Chris is the real football man. I've also nice got other stuff I'm going to say live. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't wait to fuck you off, well, uh, Ross. What were you saying, man? How's this gonna? How had you, how's this gonna end up then? Because it's, uh, it's mad. I, I think the game might be mental, but I think the scoreline will be tight. I think I'd, I'll take I'll take a one 0 Oh yeah, I'll take a one 0 I think this is I think this is so so brilliantly set up, lads. And I think you guys. I've done a magnificent job of of making it even more like sort of looking. I'm looking, looking forward, forward to it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Like Chelsea game got me. I've, I've I've really started this season with a bit, a little bit of a buzz. The Chelsea game was fantastic. Even though I was driving home on petrol fumes, shitting myself because I had no diesel. Oi, listen, um, you you of all people, right? Can't complain about petrol, right? Just. This is what I'm saying. They keep calling us the oil boys, yeah, but they don't want to sort any diesel out. You should have a pump at the Etihad and let the city season ticket holders fill up. <laughs> you want to drive electric? You're the last Hello? person to complain about oil and fucking diesel. Um, I'll yeah, be I see this. yeah, I'll be driving there on Sunday, mate. So, Grace, if you're about, I'll shout you, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll let you know. Um, I'm still trying to decide uh, what the situation is. I'm so scared of this petrol situation, man. Lads, are you all sorted? Is there any situation in America like this? Oh, we're, all, is this? we're all on electric now. We don't believe in diesel or petrol anymore or gas. Oh, okay. Look at you. Electric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> electric. All right. No, there's no, um, there's no shortages out here. It's fine. All right. Uh, listen, uh, have I missed a super chat? It was uh, right. It was one super chat from... Oh, Anto it's Mr. Antio Chill. Chill. Yeah. Do you know what, Mr. Antio Chill? Thank you for the super chat, but you're really annoying in the chat like every second. <laughs> talking about legacy summer and transfers and everything, you know what I mean? So I think I probably missed it on purpose. It'll teach you a lesson to just sort of change the record a little bit, mate. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not as nice as Gav and Avi in these lot. If you're, if you're going to be a prick in the chat, I'll tell you so. But listen, guys, we've made this show and we've made this game even more looking forward to it. Like, I'm buzzing now. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to try and get Steve... For a post match, uh, give his uh, give his thoughts, Steve. You've been um, top man, man. Thanks very much for coming on. No worries, thanks for having me. Nice one, and Ross, of course. Um, brilliant stuff, mate. Nice one. I know it's running late, but thank you very much. No, thank you, mate. Nice one, Avi. Uh, tomorrow, Sports Unplugged. Just gonna go over the Joshua Usyk fight. Um, Wilder and Fury we'll do a little preview on that and then just a bit of bits and pieces on the Liverpool City Tuchel as well uh, Chelsea because Connor's back from holiday and just the Sienna stuff final bit um, they have reached the target but now it's um, just getting that little bit more in terms of her rehab and her recovery so you know still please um, contribute where and if you can thank you very much that's it from nice me nice one Listen, um, everyone in the chat, oh, you've been amazing, mate. I've always said we've got the most knowledgeable um, uh, people in the chat in this. Um, shout out to all of you lot. Um, some brilliant comments, some brilliant suggestions. Um, thank you very much. You've, you've been a pleasure uh, to, to, to read out some of those comments. Um, I think this is probably the smoothest the show's ever been. I think everywhere... Properly, we're getting professionals, right? I think we're ready now to like sort of take it to the next level, right? Yeah, hopefully, we'll get a job with the Redmen on the production team. So let's see. <laughs> we'll send our resume over. Have fun. Uh, you can have one. Uh, relax. Calm down there. <laughs> but uh, listen, we'll start guys. off with an apprenticeship or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful episode of Carnage. Um, I'm hoping to catch you guys on Sunday on the Fatback 4. Hopefully, we've been in a brilliant mood after a smashing result uh, against City. That's if I'm not at the game, actually. Um, if I am, they'll have an able deputy in my place. Apart from that, please like. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe on your way out and follow all the other guys' uh, socials. Steve doesn't believe in Twitter. He's a real football man. He's, but he's on Instagram. He's fucking playing. He went live on Instagram, people, and he was, and all he had, right, all he was doing was playing that Bob Marley song. Which one? The uh, Buffalo uh, Soldier. Buffalo Soldier. Oh, three doing. little birds. Three little birds. Three little birds. That's it. Three little birds. So um, let's hope uh, he's not as relaxed. As Don't worry was, about a thing. Is, every little thing is going to be all right. Let's hope he's not as relaxed on Sunday. Yeah, let's not worry about a little thing. Let's see what happens on Anfield on Sunday. But listen, this has been Carnage. I've been Chris Khan. Thank you very much. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.